Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of this show where we get to sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring but really down-to-earth conversations with some of my favorite luminaries who are making good change. I am so excited about today's episode because we are heading into Grammy week. I don't know about you guys, but I felt so energized by the Golden Globes. There was fashion, there was glamour, and I just feel like we're on the right track again. But this week is Grammy week, and we are welcoming on a three-time Grammy Award nominee, Ingrid Andres. She's one of Nashville's fastest rising country stars, a diehard tequila lover, and just someone I feel like we all need to be best friends with ASAP. I literally slid into her DMs for this interview, truly a gem. At just 29 years old, Ingrid has a pretty insane resume, a degree from Berklee School of Music. She's written for artists like BB Rexa and Alicia Keys, and her number one debut single, More Hearts Than Mine, went platinum. And this Sunday, she's nominated for Best New Artist, Best Country Song for More Hearts Than Mine, and Best Country Album for Ladylike. In this episode, Ingrid tells us all about how vulnerability is driving her inner artist, how she plans to break down country stereotypes, and how she'll be tuning in to her first ever Grammy Awards this weekend. I'm so excited for her and I'm wishing her the best of luck. If you haven't subscribed to the show and you find yourself coming back and listening, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. I love hearing your thoughts on the episodes and it helps us grow too. If you love the show, share it with a friend. You know how much I love seeing when you guys are listening. So take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, and I will always reshare. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. Have an amazing week. Here's my friend, Ingrid Andres. Hi. Hey. Oh my God. Obviously you look amazing. Oh, stop it. Like, are you just dressed like this in quarantine? No, honey. No. No. I'm honored. (laughs) Honestly. I mean, sometimes I do like just to make myself feel special, but obviously, you know, you just want to look good on certain days. Other days, not so much. This is one of the good days. I woke up the other day and I was like, oh my God, I can't put on these sweatpants one more time. (laughs) I literally hit an all-time low when I did laundry. I was like, you know what, 2021 is going to be different. And I did my first load of laundry and it was all sweatpants and hoodies. And I was like, oh, right. Nothing's changed at all. Nothing. I'm so excited to talk today because I always am like, I love when people respond to my DMs. Yes. I creep. I'm such a creep. Like if there's someone I love and I think they're the coolest ever, I slide in and sometimes it doesn't happen, but for you, it did. Yes. No, I love a good, I do the same thing to people. I so, mean, what's the, what's I'm, the point if you don't have it? Yeah. I'm like, there's no shame. Like that's, this is our new like AIM chat room, except we have access to everybody. So 
I love that. So for context, I slid into her DMs because I was like, hi, I love you. I need you on the show. And you responded right away. And that's why I was like, wow, I'm about to fangirl heavy. She's probably the coolest person ever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I want to get into things a little bit. We always start the show where we ask, where are you from and where are you phoning in from now? I am from Denver, Colorado, uh, but I am currently in Nashville where I live. You have like a very eclectic, I feel like, history of where you've lived. Yes. Um, My dad used to be a coach for Major League Baseball. So we would travel around a lot. And so that's kind of where I got my adventure side of me as far as like not used to just being in one place for a long period of time. So lots of different cultures and experiences and I'm still like that to this day. Like if I'm anywhere for over two weeks, I'm like, we got to go. I don't know where, but we got to leave. So I'm sure this year has been really challenging for you to just stay put. It has been, but it's also been like a good, you know, growing period for me as far as like, maybe I would, I mean, for me in songwriting, I get inspiration from different people's stories and being different places. It just works this different part of my brain. But there is something about not having the option to go somewhere. And you're just like, okay, well, how do I make the best of this situation? So I just feel like it's just a different creative part of my brain that I'm being introduced to. I love that. What were some of your first memories of playing music as a kid? Uh, My mom taught me piano. She started me when I was like five or six. And to be honest, I started off not really liking it because it was sort of like a requirement, if you will. So I was like, "Mm, this is not fun. But I'm really glad that my mom kept me on it because I got to a certain point where I was like, actually, I really enjoy this. And that's how I started learning how to sing and play at the same time. And Yeah. So I feel like if I had stopped early on, then I would not be where I am right now. Was your mom in music? She sang in like the worship thing at church, worship thing, worship Worship team. (laughs) Sorry, clearly I've strayed very far from my upbringing. Yeah, she has always been musical, but she was actually more of an athlete. Um, She got a scholarship in college for soccer and was training for the women's Olympic team. So we were mostly sports. Yeah, but music was always like the hobby. What did your parents play in the house when you were growing up? Because that's what I have the fondest memories of was like waking up in the morning and hearing like the same because back then it was CDs, like the same CD in the same order that my dad would play every morning. Yes, I miss those days. Me too. Uh, It was a lot of John Denver for my mom and Whitney Houston and Stevie Wonder and the Doobie Brothers and my dad listened to classical music, which to this day, I'm like, why is that? I think it's because he, he had to work out all the baseball players. So they would bring in like all the country and the rap and the rock. And after he had to listen to all of that, he just wanted like some peace and quiet. So. So that's kind of my like secret thing, too. I listen to classical all the time. <laughs> Yes. I mean, why not? There are no words you have to comprehend. You can just Nothing. zone out and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, there's like a, a, a nice, like self-soothing part of it. For sure. 
Yeah. You literally are just like, I don't know how to play this or even sing along to this. I can just enjoy it. And yeah, I, I have a soft spot for classical for sure. If I'm just like sick of music and I'm like, there's nothing good out right now. I will listen to the classical radio station. For I love that. Weeks on end. Yeah. Good to know. I'm not alone. Do yes. you remember what your first concert was as a kid? Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like you're scared to say it. Do you remember Metro Station? Okay, so the name is like ringing a bell, but like, what was the song? Okay, so it's Miley Cyrus's older brother, and it's called Shake It. Yes. Yep. Ooh, she doesn't like this, so you shake it like that. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was my first concert uh, was seeing them and I'm pretty sure Breathe Carolina opened for them I was like a punk like scene kid growing up because um, I was homeschooled for a lot of my early education so when I got to public school I was just like ah like I, I'm not popular but I'm also not uncool but I also play sports and I'm also a musician so I just fell into the emo punk scene and it was perfect for me. Sounds like very logical. Totally. Yeah. Very logical. Like a normal person. Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick break. To all of my menstruating listeners, are you guys still using Advil to help with period cramps? Did you guys know that Advil was actually created by a man for a man's body? If you're looking for something a bit more natural and an organic approach to pain relief, I've got just the thing. Meet Enough Period. It's a new CBD infused body care line targeted towards menstrual pain with a focus on high potency that works. Their first product, the Ritual Cycle Support Bomb, is a 1,200 milligram full-spectrum CBD bomb devoted to minimizing the pain that comes with all of our periods and includes a calming scent of lavender, cedarwood, peppermint, and patchouli. I've used this stuff on my lower back, my period boobs, sore muscles, or anywhere else where you guys might need that extra support. Plus, Enough has a give-back program that directly supports period poverty, and cannabis injustice. So they're really here to make each month a little bit easier on all of us. And Enough is offering our listeners 20% off with your first purchase with the code FRIEND. And Enough is offering our listeners 20% off with your first purchase with the code FRIEND. So you can develop a new relationship with your period too. Head to Enough Period, that's E-N-U-F-P-E-R-I-O-D.com and use the code FRIEND at checkout. I'm Kareen Eldor. Ever feel like you're playing small? Well, turn up the volume on my podcast, Share a Voice. Every Thursday, I sit down with the wave makers and game changers on everyone's radar. I'll be sharing inspo and takeaways based on my conversations with disruptors, visionaries, and compelling creatives about how they express themselves in their work. Prepare for tons of mic drop moments and subscribe so that you catch every sound bite. I'm fascinated by the power of feeling heard and taking up space. And I'm amped up about sharing these conversations with you. I'd love to hear a little bit about your family dynamic and what that was like when you were a kid, because a big reason why I love your music so much is there's so much honesty about just kind of what everybody goes through, whether that's relationships, family, and you talk a lot about your family and your work. So I'd love to hear about what it was like growing up. Yeah. Um, well, they, I have four siblings. Me too. Loved re- when I realized that I was like, oh, she knows what yes, it's like. Yes, you know. <laughs> Wait, what are what are you in the order of it? I'm second youngest, and we're all girls. Whoa, so Dang. so much like estrogen and like crazy. So things. much. <laughs> yeah, I have three sisters and one brother. Poor guy. 
and he's the middle child. So bless him. Yeah. But we are all very close in age. Like my mom just kind of decided to like, let's just do them all back to back. So we ended up hanging out a lot together, which is why we're so close because growing up, my parents were super conservative. So we weren't allowed to do a lot of the stuff that the kids in our neighborhood did. So we just kind of learned how to entertain ourselves and like come up with games and literally anything to keep us from being bored. So I feel like that time really allowed me to be imaginative and come up with like plays for my little siblings to put on and like just something that I feel like I don't think I would have gotten, especially in this day and age with like a bunch of like distractions and stuff. So at the time I did not like it, but looking back now, I'm like, oh, I actually, that was really helpful. And we all had to play piano, but I was really the only one who like really enjoyed singing and wanted to be in every choir and all the things, but nobody really, I didn't know anybody who was like a musician. So I never thought music was like a thing that you did as, as a career because it was mostly sports. Wow. That's so interesting to hear. And then to hear, I know you went to music school, you went to Berkeley. How did that translate? Because I feel like to go after a goal and want to achieve it, it's so important to see people like us in that role to be able to actually go out and do it. How did you like muster up the courage to apply in good music school? Honestly, (laughs) I, I try to figure out how to answer this without sounding like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just think there is, I think because I spent so much time, like alone time and I don't know. I just feel like I really kind of became attuned to like what it is that I wanted and who I am. And so I just kind of, when I knew that music was my thing, I just kind of dropped everything. It was like, this is my thing. Like, I just know it. And it doesn't make any logical sense to anybody. Like even in high school, like I literally walked by Berkeley College of Music on the way to a World Series game that my dad was coaching. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what is this place? My mom was like, I don't know. Let's go in. And we walk in and I'm like, seeing all these people in these classrooms just jamming out. And I was like, how come nobody told me there was a music college? Thank goodness I didn't know how competitive it was. Otherwise, I would never have pursued it. It was pure ignorance is bliss. And that's probably how I've gotten to where I am because I just kind of keep my eyes on what I know that I want to do. And then I don't really follow, I don't know, it's not in my nature to like look to other people to see what to do. It's more of like a, oh, I'll just figure it out. Like, I'll be fine. That's so refreshing to hear because I feel like when we talk about like colleges and like the competitiveness of it, like that's all what it's about. But like what like a kismet moment for you to just have like walked past it and been like, what is this? Cool. Like I believe in myself. I'm just going to apply. Yeah. I mean, sure. It was like the further along I got in the process, the further I realized I was like, oh shit, (laughs) this is actually really competitive. And I got to the school feeling like an underdog because you start talking to these kids that 
have dreamt their whole life of going there and you're just like here i am well (laughs) i just found out about this place like last year and so (laughs) which it sounds like i i've never wanted to tell people that because it comes off the wrong way but it's like i don't think people realize how there is a different path for everybody to get to where they're going and anybody who tells you there's only one way to get somewhere is lying because there's just so many life doesn't work that way and so to me yes it was a happy accident and i'm sticking to it because that's just what happens sometimes like i never thought i'd be a songwriter i didn't know i wanted to be one until i found out what it was and i think a lot of people would feel a lot less pressure to pick what they have to do immediately because that's just not how it works anymore. Do you feel like you have to go to music school to be a musician? <laughs> no, <laughs> but anything you do, you don't have to go to school at all. For me, it was helpful. And I can only say that for myself. Of course. As somebody not knowing anything about the industry because nobody I knew was a part of it, I literally just needed to learn more about what I was getting myself into because up to that point, it was just like a fun hobby. And so if you want to turn that into a business for somebody like me who knows nothing about it and doesn't have any connections, I needed to go there just to see if that's something I wanted to do. And by doing that is how I met my publisher, Cara Diaguardi, by just putting myself in that situation. That was never the plan. I didn't have a plan. I just want, I went there and wanted to like soak up as much information as possible. It was just curious. And I know she's also a mentor of yours, right? She is. Yes. I love that. She was a huge reason why I even started pursuing songwriting in the first place. She was so helpful for me because she had already been that top songwriter. Like, right. I've been in the industry for so long and here I am like, you know, (laughs) I have no idea what's going on. And so it was really good to have that tough love of just like, listen, it is super competitive out there. And if you, you know, obviously you're in this comforting bubble of students where you feel like you're amazing. But like once you get out into the real world, like there's nothing that teaches you real life experience other than just getting out there grinding and that was a really helpful piece of information for me especially since they were teaching at school and they tend to tell you like these are the steps you must take when it's not necessarily true well I feel like also there's only so much you can learn in a class so moving to Nashville was like okay I'm going to take all of this and put it into like real life real work I'd love to hear a little bit about you know, what it's like to live there as a songwriter. I feel like that city is so built upon that. And so anytime I really get to talk to anybody that is so deeply ingrained in that culture, um, I'm always really curious. And I'm sure for people who are listening right now that might be in music um, and have aspirations to move there, I'd love to hear a little bit about what that's like. Yeah. When you first move here, it feels like you're just one of like many talented people trying to make it in music. And when I first got here, I was like, okay, is it just country but now it's expanding to something so much more and the community here is a lot different than say if you go to Los Angeles where it's more about like who do you know like what have you been a part of like where you go to a party and people are literally just dropping names left and right hoping that you care about them that is not the Nashville way 
it's competitive in the songwriting market way, but we don't have actors in like, I mean, not to offend anybody who's an actor here, but I'm just saying there's really not right. a, a community. Like it's really mostly country music and songwriting, but people here, like you could be talking to like, you know, a guy who's written 21 number one country songs and you would never know because he wouldn't tell you and he would probably be dressed, you know, in a flannel and jeans and a trucker hat. And you'd be like, oh, so that's what I like about Nashville is that there's a lot more about community here and you just want everybody to win because it's just more about the camaraderie of music more than it is who's better than who, you know. Wow, it's really beautiful. I love that. So you moved to Nashville and you established yourself as a pretty incredible songwriter. You collaborated with Charlie XCX and Alicia Keys, but I'd love to hear about the moment of what was the time you wrote a song and you were like, I don't want to give this away. Like, when were you like, this is now for me? It's actually a song that hasn't come out on any of my stuff yet. I've been saving it, but yeah, it was the moment where I wrote something for the first time. It was very personal. I didn't even realize because I knew I was writing for somebody else. But then after it came out, I was just like, um, I don't know if I want to give my story to somebody else because that's like fine. And that was the first time as a songwriter because normally you want other people to tell your stories. You're like, yes, please cut my song whatever right that was the first and the first and last one that I was just like nah, I no one's allowed to record this meanwhile everyone's like oh my gosh this is a great song like let's go and I'm like mm, sorry like like it's for me right right but then at that time you know if you don't have a, a record deal people are gonna fight you on it they're just like well what are you gonna do with it like like, I don't know. Just let me figure it out. Very much like walking by Berkeley College of Music. It just, it just, it, I just decide. It's yeah. just something that is just like, it's so, I just feel it. And it's so apparent. I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is what's happening now. That's how I've gotten all my boyfriends too. I just walk up to them. And I'm just like, <laughs> we're dating now. You have no choice in this. Like you were that kid on the schoolyard. Oh, for sure. Totally. We're together. You're welcome. We'll be right back after a quick break. So who took their Ritual vitamins this morning? As you guys know, I am obsessed with Ritual, the clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin that's formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. It contains nutrients that help fill gaps in your diet. No shady extras. I'm a new puppy mom, and my schedule has been so out of sorts. I'm not sleeping right. I'm definitely not eating right. But my routine starts every day with my ritual vitamin where I know I'm getting that extra boost for my body. And ritual makes healthy habits really easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time. And if you don't love ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without all the BS. Ritual is offering you guys 10% off during your first three months, visit ritual.com backslash friend to start your ritual today. So 
So I want to get into your music a little bit. Your debut album came out last year, Ladylike. It's amazing. But I'd love to hear a little bit about the process of like taking these personal moments and putting them into your own music. You know, you told us about how it's something that is always like, especially with that one song that you didn't want to give away, how it was emotional for you. But I'd love to hear what the process was of building that album. I had a whole pile of songs, like more than were on the album. But I was also like, nobody knows who I am. How, what songs can I like have people get to know me by? Like what really explains who I am? So there's no like surprises later on down the road of like, oh, we didn't know that Ingrid liked tequila. It's like, (laughs) you know, you can write a song about your family and be super emotional, but then also write a song about being ladylike or a song about making bad decisions. Like being a woman is a dynamic you do not have to just be one thing. And I really wanted this album to show all the different sides of me because I think a lot of the times we feel like we need permission to be that all over the place. And then if you are, you're like, oh, she's crazy. It's like, no, right. we're, just, we're just alive and we have feelings. So thanks for noticing. I love Lady Like particularly. I just think that there's, I think specifically like our generation has really had the door opened to understand and create our own definition for what that means. I feel like when I was growing up, I would be told all the time to be more ladylike. And that vision of ladylike was very, very distinctive. I feel like across the board, everybody could think of something universal. But I'd love to hear a little bit about what your definition of that is right now and how that came into writing the song. Well, when I wrote the song, it came from a place of really just wanting to empower other people because I was personally feeling, you know, when I moved to Nashville, that was like the most common thing I heard guys telling me like in the studio, I was like, oh, you're, you curse a lot. Like, that's not very ladylike or yeah. I hate that. I hate it. Right. And I'm just like, meanwhile, I just lived in Boston where everybody curses literally like 24 seven. And I was just like, wow, it feels like I've gone in a time machine and traveled backwards. Like, what is this place? And like, I haven't worn a bra in like hmm, four or five years. And it's just like, just little things like that that started to eat away at me that people would just draw, like bring to my attention. And I'd be like, why does it matter? Like, why is this bothering you? Like, these are my decisions, not yours. And so... Lady Like kind of came from a place of just wanting to just set the record straight of like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm going to keep doing me. You guys can have any opinions you want on it, but just know that like, I don't feel like anybody needs to fit into a box. And so, especially after this year with everything that's gone on, like I wrote that song last year and it's just taken on a whole different definition for me. I feel like you have a very heightened sense of self-awareness. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Blessing and a curse for sure. Why is it a curse? I mean, you just, everything starts to, you want to find a reason for everything or you want to figure out how you can do something differently the next time instead of just staying in the moment sometimes. But I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm just like, fuck it. And I don't think about anything. And then other times I'm like overanalyzing, which is usually like my songwriting. And I'm like, okay, how, how do we 
how do we hook this or how do we tell this in a unique way? So like we said before, you can be both types of people. You don't just have to be one or the other. Some days I'm type A and some days I'm type nothing. Do you feel like some of your best songs come from overanalyzing something? I think it's half and half. Yeah, that's kind of a cool, like, I'm an overanalyzer to the extreme. Like those memes <laughs> really? that you see, yes, that, those like memes that you see go around on Instagram that's like, this happened and then you went here and you went here and you went here and, <laughs> and like you ended up in like a trash yep. can or something. <laughs> that is me. So I just feel like it's probably a very cathartic experience to like maybe feel that and since and know that like you're overthinking and then be like, okay, how do I make this into art? Yeah, it's a whole thing. I, I think we're all our blessings and curses are literally the same thing because the, every there's a good and a bad side to whatever gift you have. And I think the sooner you embrace that, the easier it will be for you to just have moments that you can enjoy yourself instead of feeling like you have to have it together all the time. It's like, that's not how it works. Like right. being a creative, I love it. I love it. My brain is stimulated all the time. Is it hard for me to fall asleep? Yes. Is that annoying when you have to be on the road yes so it's like it's never like even if it's something you love and you're good at there's always something that comes with it that is and I think the more people realize that the the less pressure people would put themselves under I saw something that you said about yourself recently that was it was cute but you were like I'm just the sad girl at the piano oh and I love that because it made me think about something that I read, I think, earlier of last year, 2020. And I'm still getting used to saying that that was last year. (laughs) So weird. Um, But I've been listening to James Blake since I was young. And he actually said something where he was like, I have been called like the sad boy who makes sad music my whole life. But meanwhile, I'm just like expressing myself. But like everyone always just like thought I was sad and depressed. And I've thought about that. It stuck with me for some reason. And so when I saw that you said that, I was like, there's such a connection there. But you also seem like the life of the party. Like you also just like seem so upbeat and fun. So I wonder what that process is like. And if you think that, I think the most beautiful part about both of that is like both of you are making music that actually brings awareness to just expressing yourself and having like a, a higher awareness of mental health. First of all, I love that he said that. It's funny how we think that we have so much control over how we feel. I think that's something which is true at some point, but when you are originally feeling them, at some point you just got to like, you can't do anything. You can't rationalize why you feel a certain way all the time. And so to me, when I say I'm a sad girl at the piano, it's because like a lot of my real stuff comes out when I'm not feeling super hot about things and I'm willing to share that side of myself because it's really real and I think for me though it's just but not every day is like that but when it is it freaking is and when it's not it's not and I don't know I believe in in people like we said before just like if you are a happy person, that's great, but that's not your identity. Like life is going to come at you and you're not always going to be happy. And so for you to feel like you have to be this one thing and that's like good, being happy is good. 
And I'm like, well, being sad is also good because you can't be happy without sadness and you can't be excited without disappointment. Like you need both of those emotions to exist in order to feel anything. So I think they're all equally important, not even good or bad. It's just, they are just essential for you as a human. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about the Grammys a little bit because they were yesterday. But so you were nominated for Best New Artist, Best Country Song, More Hearts Than Mine, and Best Country Album, Ladylike. Wow. Three for three. How did you find out? Um, I was alone in my house watering my plants. Yes. Um, and my manager, yeah. It's, love that. It's fine. It was like a normal <laughs> day. And my manager literally called me and was like, hey, like, they're about to announce all the the nominations. And I was like, oh, that's today. She was like, yes, what are you doing? I'm like, ah. So I completely forgot because quarantine brain, like every day starts right. to turn into every the, day same is the same day. Yeah. I just did like an at-home workout. I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I found out through the live stream that they did and I freaked out. I was oh my actually God. not prepared at all. That's amazing. So the Grammys are virtual this year. Who did you watch with? Who will you be watching with? I live by myself. So I might invite some of my quarantine bubble friends over. But you just, by the rate that everything's happening, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even make, I don't make any plans anymore. I'm just like, I'm going to be looking good. And I'm going to be tuning in. And that's about it. Oh, and tequila. I will have tequila with me. Of course, always. Yes. I think something that's really cool about this year is you've often talked about women in country and how they've categorically been left out or stereotyped to kind of all be the same. But this year, you're nominated in a category for best country album, and it's all women. How did that feel? Honestly, seeing that list, I was like, oh, finally. Yeah. Because it just feels like it's been forever. I don't know. It's, I get the whole, you know, the South and, you know, women and they, people claim that like women want to hear men more than they do other women, but I've, that's never made any sense to me. I'm like, how is that true? Like, I so, like, want to hear doing other that women. Statistic? <laughs> Old white men. Exactly. <laughs> so to me though, it was just really fun to see very inspiring to see that list of women and like to look at that Grammy list compared to the country radio list is like almost hilarious. Like you have like the top five in country radio is all white men. And then you go to the Grammys and there is no, like, I don't know. It was just funny. Cause I'm just like, wow, we could not be more different in country music right now, as far as like what the standards are for music. And so it was just nice to be recognized of like, no, like we're actually making a cultural impact and that's what's important. Yeah. And I mean, I even think back to last year, thinking about how many artists from different genres brought country into their music, like Little Nas X and Diplo. And I feel like it's, and while that's not pure country, obviously, I feel like the, the genre is definitely evolving. It is in a great way. No, and it's been a long time coming too because I feel like 
country should be the same as any other genre, which there are subgenres of it. Like just because someone says country, that doesn't mean the song is only about beer and trucks. Like right. country can mean so many different things. Sure, that's what it's meant for the past five years, but just like with every genre, it slowly expands based on people bringing in their own flair to it and their own creativity. And to be honest, I think most genres are starting to like figure out or have to re-figure out what that means to be pop or to be urban. Because like, I think it's all, the boundaries of everything are starting to, to fade in a good way. Yeah. That must be so exciting for you, especially someone that melds a lot of different genres into your country music. It's it's really exciting to see. The timing is very ideal for me, for sure. Yes. Um. Again, <laughs> you said, as women, right time, right place, you know? All of it. <laughs> yeah. And somehow we have to pretend like we're sane individuals. So. Right. Right. Um, as we close out the show, we usually do a lightning round. So I'm going to ask a couple questions. Oh, yeah. I love lightning rounds. My favorite thing that I found out about you is that you have a deep love for tequila. What is your drink of choice? Um, I like Casamigos straight. Ooh, on the rocks? Mm-hmm. Wow. I found an old YouTube series that you used to do called Is That the Tequila Talking? And someone asked you what skill you'd want in a zombie ap- apocalypse. Since we basically just lived through one, what is the skill that you decided you have? Um, I'm still definitely like the bait for sure. <laughs> I, I have no use for anybody. I can't do anything. I, I would just be the first person to die and I'm okay with that. You kept your plants alive this year. I did. Okay. So maybe I could be a, a gardener. I mean, Herbologist. Save the plants. Yeah. You know what? I like that. Yes. We've raised the bar for me. What is the number one thing that you need in your studio at all times to feel creative? Oof. I mean, I don't need tequila all the time to be creative. Probably a piano. Yeah, it's pretty much, it's game over for me if there's not a piano. What's on your rider? Tequila. And I think like a veggie tray that I never touch. I don't know. I need to change my rider. Yeah, get some like... Oh, potato chips. Potato chips for sure. Love. Specific brand, any kind. I like the really greasy kind. Old school Lay's. Because it actually helps you sing. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, it like gets your throat all like ready to go. Cool. How do you define success? Oh man, I'm still trying to figure that out. I feel like it's more of I think success is like a combo of like you fulfilling yourself while fulfilling the needs of others as well. Like, you know, it's not like some grand gesture. It's really just are you do you feel like you're doing yourself a favor by living? And do you feel like you're doing other people a favor by living? You know, like yeah. it's a give and take. The two way street. I love that. What is your creative goal for this year? My creative goal. I mean, I'm already working on like another album. So I guess probably just like continuing to do that and not be afraid to like explore different sounds or like, maybe collaborate with somebody who I wouldn't predict. I don't know, like something unpredictable would be great. What is the best piece of advice a friend has ever given you? Mm, Oh, there are so many. I feel like the one that I repeat to myself all the time though is it's a marathon, not a sprint because I tend to go, I'm an all or nothing person. So sometimes I'll like run myself ragged for no reason. 
and it's like you got time like chill the fuck out definitely it was so nice to meet you thank you so much for responding to my dms i loved it oh my gosh of course (laughs) anytime girl Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.